Well, it's always great to welcome on our friends over at Sikkim 365 and uh, say hello to David Smoke. Of course, you know him well. You follow him. You watch the show. You listen to the show. And we appreciate him joining us here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Always good uh, to talk to our friend David Smoke. David, let's just start off with uh, the offseason craziness, the Big 12 expansion rumors. We haven't talked in a couple of months at least, and I just... This Big 12, Pac-12 thing to me, David, is fascinating. It's great for us doing what we do. Uh, how do you see this thing playing out as of late, and where do you think we're headed? You know, Pete, I'm not a clicks and views guy. You know, there's some that, you know, that's just part of what they do, and they're like, like throw something against the wall. You do your due diligence like we do our due diligence, or I do, and, and Craig and Paul uh, this has been nuts. Since the Texas OU story, it's obviously brought people eyeballs to what we do because we cover college football. And in some cases, we were ahead of the curve during the Big 12's resurgence or getting up off the canvas. But the UCLA and UC, USC-UCLA story launched it to a different level because this Pac-12 TV deal, uh, you know, it, it's been like it's almost – do you get the impression, first of all, I've always had this gut feeling, and and then and then, listen, the Big 12's been through a lot of their own. Oh my God, what's the future? Three times they've been rated, and almost rated four and five times. But that I get the, I still get the gut feeling that somehow or another they're going to be okay. It's not going to be great, but it's going to be okay, and they'll be able to maybe perhaps kick the can down the road for three years because if they don't get enough oomph. From whatever the TV deal is, how much of it is network or linear, or how much of it is streaming, I mean, if you're one of those schools in that conference, there's probably two to five or six schools that are like, wait a minute, uh, depending on how much they get. But I, I just have a gut feeling it's going to somehow work out. I do know this. We have a couple of guys that, that are on our site that do a great job of here's really what's available and a few people that have some connections to Arizona or Arizona State or, or even maybe Utah. It is, it's, I mean, it's teetering. I, you, you know, what was it, a couple of days ago, uh, there's, there sure is a lot of smoke coming out of Colorado. And, again, I, no one said it wasn't. Nobody, and, and you don't have to respond to every rumor on Twitter or, good gosh, we would, uh, administrations, coaches, whatever, we'd be going nuts. I still feel like somehow – they're going to figure it out, but it has become a turf war with who covers what programs, what conferences. It's like people have drawn a line in the sand. If, for example, you're someone that covers the Pac-12 or a couple of different names, and they cover the Pac-12, and they report something that might actually be 100% legitimate from a good source, it's like, Oh, yeah, you're just trying to prop them up. If you're from the Big 12 side of things, we shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're a part of that damn PR machine with Endeavor in Big 12. It's nuts. Bob Thompson, former Fox Sports CEO president, said to me he has seen dozens and dozens of TV deals come and go over the years. He has never in his life seen this kind of reaction over a college football conference and a TV deal. And I think it's because, let's be honest, and I hope I'm not saying this too long, but there was a time when the Pac-12 had their eyeballs on the Big 12 back about a decade ago. There was also just a few months ago when Klyovkov made the comment, well, we haven't decided if we're going to go shopping or not. That was a direct 
shot back at your mark who said he wants to expand into the uh, fourth time zone. It is it has created the divide almost like blue states and red states in a way. Uh, <laughs> it it has been it, it has it has carried not carried us, but it has been a topic of discussion on our show in some way every day now for basically two years. It has been. You're absolutely right about that. And uh, you're right. I'm not like that either. You know, you can't respond to every Twitter rumor. But, man, you go on social media and the Big 12, Pac-12 rivalry, for lack of a better word, has just kept building every single day. So, I mean, the most recent thing you alluded to there, David, was the Colorado AD shooting down a Twitter rumor saying that there could be a vote Monday on Colorado leaving uh, the Pac-12. And when the ADs are getting involved here, and that's happened before, Utah, uh, their AD did that as well. When you got the ADs responding to Twitter rumors, it's getting juicy, though, David. It's getting fun. Oh, yeah, it is. And what he did say was that there was no vote on Monday, but he didn't say that there wasn't maybe a reason for what the smoke was. And again, that's not me trying to suck something out or like a vacuum out of what maybe nothing, but there are a, there it, there has there was such a quiet time there where the Pac-12, even if you don't want to respond to everything, them being silent as either a group, as a conference, as a commissioner or ads or whatever, it was this it was this like onslaught because they weren't saying anything, and then all of a sudden. Klyovkov gets together, I'm sure, and said, hey, guys, somebody help us here. Somebody, like, someone speak out. But even like Robbins, the president at Arizona, Pete, when he mentioned he thought there would be something done, he also said he thought that they would have more money per year than the Big 12. Uh, And then there were, but but he, then he admitted that he had talked to your mark. Like, you know, I even asked Mac Rose, Baylor's director of athletics on Tuesday in a segment he does with us, what's the, how did, what's the fine line between him talking to the AD at Arizona or Utah or whatever and tampering? And he kind of, kind of laughed at it. He goes, listen, we're all close enough. We know what we can do and say. We know what's off the record or not. But, yeah, it's then there was this blitzkrieg of, like, three or four ADs or presidents from the, big, uh, from the Pac-12 talking, and then – and then all of a sudden there was nothing. And then there were reporters saying this is the day things could start to happen. That day came and went. Well, it might be the 1st of April. The 1st of April has come and gone. Maybe it's by the end of the spring. I don't know. It doesn't mean they have to have something done. But it, it does lead to a lot of maybe sometimes either wild or legitimate smoke speculation that something's just not quite right. And it probably starts with the fact that the TV deal is not done. And they've been on the clock now for almost a year. Now, their thing doesn't run out to the end of next, I guess, school calendar year. But you never want to go into the year. Not even an athlete wants to go into the year not having a contract renegotiated if he has any value. So I don't know what's going on in this. Who knows? Apple, Amazon. I'm not, I'm not technologically all that smart. Uh, and I admit that. It took me a while to understand streaming and apps or whatever. I've kind of gotten used to it now, but I just can't imagine that's what you want to rely on because there are some people that just don't know how to get to it, and they surely don't know how to go bouncing back and forth from one thing to another once they get there. No, uh, you're right. There are hurdles there. We all understand it's the way of the future, but there's absolutely hurdles there uh, where you've got to seek out 
a football game on a Friday night on Apple TV Plus. You're not going to casually fall upon that right. game. Um, so what? I right. mean, if you had your your druthers, David, I mean, w- w- give me uh, give me your pecking order when it comes to what you want to see the Big Twelve potentially do here. If David Smoke was Brett Yormark, what is he doing today? Oh my goodness! You know, let's be honest. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I. The Oregon and Washington combo is probably very far-fetched. But if you ask me which would I like first, I would love to see I'd love to see Washington. They're not coming to the Big 12, I don't think. And they're surely not going to come only if they get more money. That was floated out there. There's no way the Big 12, after having to deal with Texas and Oklahoma for so long and all of that, they're not going to bring anybody else to the table that thinks they're larger, bigger, better, stronger, whatever. So – I just don't see that happening. I do think that they're watching the situation. Um, probably Washington more, maybe more interested. If I had my, if I like, if I could sit down and go, okay, this is who I want. That's not the case. But if, it, if this is who I want, and then I'll list of who think this is what, if anyone comes, you obviously would love to have the combination of of Washington and Oregon. And then some people would disagree with that, but I would say Washington and Oregon, and then. I, I do think that the Arizona-Colorado combination, not so much Arizona-Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State has is is always been a sleeping giant. I, like I, Pete, I'm a military brat. My dad, back in the late 60s, was stationed at Luke Air Force Base and got his master's degree at Arizona State. Back when they had a guy, remember Charlie Taylor, the great wide receiver that ended up being a Hall of Famer with Washington. So I kind of have a little bit of uh, – I have love for that Phoenix area, even though it's exploded how much how big it is. Uh, um, but I would think you know Washington, Oregon, and then perhaps the Arizona Colorado combination probably even more enticing than Arizona 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 State. I I just don't see that's ever going to happen. But I would think that there seems to be, and I could be wrong, that there's this kind of thing from Utah that listen we were. We were out of this thing for a while, kind of like Cincinnati, Houston, Brigham Young, you know, even TCU, you know, you're outside looking in UCF. So they're in a conference. They've won two consecutive, you know, the big Pac-12 titles. They don't want to have to, like, get up and move. So I kind of get the feeling they're not interested, but who knows. But I think the most legitimate combination, if one moves, the other moves pretty quickly, would be that, that Colorado, Arizona, what do you call it? That combo with mm-hmm. the most value perhaps would be because of Nike and Oregon and who they have been. And then obviously I just like uh, university of Washington to me is just a, a fantastic place. All of them are, but I hope I haven't talked around the question you asked me to ask. No, you get, you got, you got Panthers. to it, my man. You got to it. He is uh, David smoke sick and three sixty five joining us here on the show. Let's talk some Baylor here, uh, David. I mean, when you look at this calendar year, I should say the school year for Baylor uh, athletics, notably, of course, the football-basketball combo, fair to say that um, underachievement is the word that comes to mind with these two programs this past year? Absolutely. It started with football. Yeah. Football coming out their best ever year, 12-2, and two, won the Big 12, won the Sugar Bowl, looked okay, Lost that game early to Brigham Young. And then, you know, they kind of got on a roll, went into Lubbock and won, went into Norman and won. And you're like, okay, this is kind of who you expected. And then they just blew a tire. And then I I sat down with Dave Arandi yesterday, and he kind of mentioned this in a way throughout the year. 
that team had some interior or inner locker room issues, whether it was immaturity, whether it was entitlement. And I even said this back when Bryles had his run, when Rule was good in 2000 and what was it, 18, Aranda in 2000. Baylor doesn't have the ability, not in football, to feel ever feel like they're entitled. They, they haven't like sustained success, although Bryles had what looked like was going to be a long-term sustain, mm-hmm. sustainability. They had some interior. He said to me yesterday that he probably should have suspended and kicked off players. Now, he suspended a handful at the end of the year, guys who had either gone south or they were going to transfer, whatever else. But it was never because of legal or any activity that would have been like a stain on the program, nothing like that. It was just guys that either academically, practices, workouts, team meetings, film work. They had guys who were just kind of not all in, and they've kind of weeded some of them out. They've had a few more transfers than ever before. Basketball, absolutely. When you are ranked at one point in the top five of the year and you have a men's basketball program with what they had coming back, absolutely underachieving. Uh, people can get into other words if you want to to compare what other, other underachieving. Um, women's basketball, there's an asterisk next to it, and, man, it didn't help at all that Kim Mulkey goes in the second year at LSU and has this phenomenal team that by the end of the year – I mean, they were just beating everybody. And I'm not so sure had they played South Carolina, even though that's not a good matchup, had lost to them by 20-something earlier, that they weren't playing at the level and confidence that they might have been able to win that game too. But, yes, women's basketball, two things happened. Uh, Asia Blackwell, uh, who was coming back for another year and even has another year left, she got hurt, never really able to play. Uh, Dre Edwards from Kentucky, a very, very talented player, was never cleared by Kentucky to play over some transcript graduation timeline. Mm-hmm. And so she's back, it looks like. So they really, in the end, they made a run. They won games in Norman. They won a game in Ames. Uh, they beat Texas in, in Austin. So they ended up with some nice quality, really nice wins. But, yeah, there was enough, eh, what happened there? to, uh, I would say, underachieving, even with, even with some of the storylines. But basketball, men's basketball, no doubt, second consecutive year, second round and out. This year, um, they just, Creighton was better. North Carolina got hot at the right time last year. This year, Baylor, without question, men's basketball underachieved. So how about, that's interesting about Aranda with football, is, is their approach – to the offseason different this year than last year and how they use the transfer portal? I don't know if, you know, that was at all an issue for them in terms of looking for character guys in the portal as much as anything. I'm just spitballing here. How does the offseason now look different in terms of how Aranda hits the reset button after a great 2021 and then a disappointing 22? Yeah, you're a great question, and they did. One of their best receivers, a transfer from Arkansas, Two offensive linemen from Brigham Young, a linebacker from Liberty, a, a, corner, a defensive back from the University of Miami, uh, and and so uh, they 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 went in. They went looking for starters, which you hope to get anyway when you go to the transfer portal and try to find fits of who they are. You you hear that word culture? Well, last year apparently some people may have forgotten about the rules of the culture, the ABCs of culture. Um, I, I think Aranda told me this last year at one point. Uh, a year ago at this time, 
they felt like even though they could have gone into the transfer portal and they had a very small amount that came to them, uh, it's not like Siaka Ika from two years ago from LSU, and we know he became basically almost an All-American. They didn't have that kind of impact last year. Uh, and, and this year, I think you're going to see them with maybe four to six starters from the transfer portal and hopefully upgrades as well of who they had. But last year, what he did, and again, this is kind of like him admitting that, that not that he let things slip. He did say something about he was probably too lenient last year. Uh, with with the way he handled discipline, uh, and, and you know it's like the old story: if you stick as a kid, you stick your hand in a burner, you know, and you get burned, you're probably not going to put it back in there. He kind of used the analogy that while there were maybe some players that didn't feel that pain the first time or didn't feel the heat the first time, so I think you're going to see a no nonsense even more. For you know, he's a guy you know his personality. He's a trusting, he's a very good soul. And and some maybe people started to take advantage of him. The year the year they went twelve and two peak, they had so many seniors, super seniors. That team was a senior laden experience with a lot of people coming back uh, off that team that had gotten to a bowl game the year before under Matt Rule. So I do think you're going to see some impact players. Um, the wide receiver defensive back room last year, all of them. Not, not to a man, but for the most part, it just never materialized. It was no cohesiveness for whatever reason. It may have been talent, may have been experience, may have been the scheme, may have been coaches not being able to get inside kids' chest to their head. And Aranda said, we didn't go into the portal much last year because they wanted to give kids that they had recruited, young men that had on the roster, they wanted to give them a chance to be able to earn a, you know, a, a chance to play more. Well, that didn't work out. It cost them. And so that's why this year you'll see, you saw and have seen a much more heavy presence of the transfer portal. And as you know, April 15th, it opens up again. Maybe they lose three or four. Maybe they get three or four more. The question is their spring game is not until the 22nd. I think that's the date. The portal opens up on the 15th. It closes on the 30th, so they're going to have to do some really very quick, um, I guess, you decision-making on who stays, who do they want to bring in, and, and, and it's, it's, it's going to be, be kind of like the stock market for about a week for those who have spring games that go all the way, not this weekend, but through the next weekend. Yeah, and it is going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, last thing here, David Smoke, i got a, about a minute or so. When you look at this transfer portal, is Baylor well positioned for it uh, in terms of the future of the Wild West that we're living through right now and doesn't appear like it's slowing down anytime soon? I had an interview we did, Paul and Craig. We had an interview with Mac Rhodes Tuesday. Great question because I don't know. They, they say all the right things. I think that they probably had to play catch-up, and they're not the only ones. Mac Rhodes has made it clear, and this is for across the board in football too, but – they're not going to get into a dollar for dollar. They can't do that. That doesn't mean that Baylor can't get money. I always was told, even when I first arrived here 12 years ago, don't ever underestimate Baylor not having the money for something they need. Well, that was for facilities and coaching salaries and whatever else. I don't know. They're not going to be able to go head-to-head with a lot of the programs that are like heavy in the NIL. They're going to have to rely on trying to get players, players, whatever sport, to, to be a fit for what they want. 
that doesn't like I asked Aranda if I know you got to go. I asked Aranda if a player mentions NIL to you at the beginning of recruitment, what would you do? And I wasn't sure. I thought he might just say we move on. He said, no, yes, we have continued to recruit players like that, but it can't be the NIL to get them there. It has to be get here, and then we will deal with you on the NIL, and they probably have missed out on some players because of it. Wow. Well, uh, there is certainly a heck of a lot to watch and a heck of a lot to follow on this front. And uh, David Smoke oh, and the guys goodness. at Sikkim 365 do an outstanding job. So keep rocking it, David. You guys are uh, the best, and we really appreciate your time. Pete, always great to have uh, a chance to talk with you, visit with you. You continue to do that, what you do, which is fantastic. And it's a crazy, crazy time in college athletics, no question. It sure is. He's David Smoke. I'm Pete Mundo. Good to have him on the show. Hey, before you head out, hit that subscribe button, would you, please? Takes you two seconds. And if you're feeling like you got 30 seconds, leave a rating, a review. And um, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies ready for you when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review. I know it's the offseason. Things have slowed down a little bit the last couple of weeks. But, hey, you're looking for that koozie to keep your beer cold this summer? Get on it right now. I've got them all ready for you. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.